Well, hello there, babes. Come on in. Thanks for joining. Have a seat. Welcome to the Babe Cave. Grab yourself a drink. Make sure you're sitting comfortably. Maybe get a little bit high. And then we're ready. Are you ready? I'm fucking ready. This is the first episode of a brand spanking new podcast called Your Place or Mine, and I'm your host, Bay Savage. We did it. We made it to the first episode. I'm so excited. You might be excited, probably if you are someone that I know in real life and you have also been seeing the promotion about this podcast for the last couple of months, uh, maybe you're brand new. And if you're brand new, hey, I really appreciate you listening to this. I'm Bay Savage. It's really good to meet you. So who am I, listeners, babes? I'm your fucking goddamn dream girl. That's who I am. So get ready. (laughs) I am loud. I'm confident. I'm curvy. I'm blonde. And I really fucking love life. It hasn't been easy for me all the time. I wasn't always this confident, extroverted person. So let's start by giving you a little bit of background. So this version of myself that you're meeting right now, Bay Savage, I have not always been this person. Growing up, I had a pretty rough childhood, broke at home, uh, uh, just a lot of super fun, very exciting things for a child to go through, which we might cover at some point in the podcast, but we're just going to try and keep it into more current details. So grew up in a small town, didn't really have a ton of friends growing up, and even high school, high school was really shit for me. I was bullied really bad for being overweight, and it was rough. So I grew up as this quieter, sweet a little bit more introverted person. Didn't have a lot of confidence, didn't have a lot of self-worth, was a pastor's daughter, (laughs) which is important to remember later on because you know, all the really wild ones (laughs) probably had a religious past. So I was a really, really good Christian kid growing up. Religion was a big part of my life for a chunk of my teens. That was really before I decided that I liked sinning a lot more. So we've switched directions. Uh, Jesus is no longer my homeboy, (laughs) as I had a hat that said that when I was 14. Please don't judge me. So yeah, I grew up in Guelph. Uh, If anybody knows Guelph, it's the small Ontario city that sounds like a sound you make when you're vomiting. So that's great. Uh, I do love Guelph. I still go back there every so often. It's a lovely place. And now I'm in Toronto. I've been in Toronto for about seven years now. Uh, I was in the Junction for the first chunk of time, and now I'm in a different neighborhood. So I love Toronto. Uh, Absolutely fell in love with the city as soon as I got here. I actually moved here with an ex, and we split up about six months into being in the city, and I didn't know anyone in the city. And the community in the Junction just, like, welcomed me in with open arms. And I just started going to bars alone and (laughs) meeting bartenders really just trying to find contacts around me and built this really, really cool network of people in the junction. And and I just started having sex with literally everyone in the junction. So I fit in just fine. And it was, it was a really, really great experience. So being in Toronto was great. Um, There's a lot of things that I love about this city and I feel like I will be here for a very, very long time uh, and continue to make a lot of amazing memories and meet a lot of really incredible people. And oh my God, the men in Toronto, (laughs) there are some babes here. And I'll tell you, I've had the pleasure (laughs) 
lots of pleasure to have been with very many attractive men in the city, and that's really wonderful. So I'm not leaving, Toronto. You got me for life. Well, for now. So a bit more about me. I'm 27 years old. I have been 27 years old for about seven years now. <laughs> 27 was just a good year. You know, 27 was my first like hard hoe phase <laughs> when I was like just really letting myself feel all of the things, explore everything, really lean into my kink. And I think I've just decided that 27 is just going to be my age moving forward. I also look young. For anyone who actually knows me, I do look young. I still get ID'd every so often, but I got to tell you, I don't think I've been ID'd yet in 2020. And I don't know if that's because of wearing a mask and obviously the rules are different. Like things are different now, right? But I don't remember the last time I got ID'd. And that was, it was a nice thing. You know, I like getting ID'd. <laughs> like I have no illusions that I don't look like I'm at least 19. I get it. But I've had people who think that I'm in my like mid-20s. I will continue to be 27 for as long as I deem fit. So some of my favorite things to consume, uh, bourbon, big bourbon fan, um, even just whiskey in general. I also like wine. I like tequila. I like seltzer drinks. I, I like alcohol, big fan of alcohol. Second favorite thing to consume is cannabis, big cannabis fan. Hybrids are really my go-to. And dick, definitely a big fan of consuming copious amounts of dick. Uh, preferably on the larger side. <laughs> and I have had the pleasure, again, of enjoying many, many of these vices. And things I like to do for fun, a huge comedy fan. I absolutely love stand-up comedy. There are so many incredible local comics here in Toronto, some of which you will hopefully hear on the show in the future. I have done amateur stand-up a couple of times and had a blast, so big, big fan of local comedy. Uh, love fiction, love reading fiction. Some of my favorites, Vonnegut, Michael Adonche, Dave Eggers, Douglas Copeland. Those are a few of my faves. Really like taking nudes. <laughs> I take a lot of nudes. And, and honestly, like, yes, some of them are for the men in my life, but even when I don't really have a roster of boys on the go, I just feel really sexy taking great nudes. So I had a, an experience a few months ago when I was feeling a little bit down in quarantine. You know, we were all feeling us extroverts are really aching for contact with humans. And so I spent a Saturday afternoon. I just got drunk on wine and smoked a bunch of weed, did my makeup really nice, and just took sexy photographs for like an hour and a half and that was really fucking empowering so no that's like one of my hobbies <laughs> uh I probably have like 6,000 nudes on my phone <laughs> men stop salivating you're not gonna see any of them unless we fuck then maybe yeah really like taking nudes I love drinking outside so drinking in parks patios hanging out with friends having drinks going on drink dates park dates all good time uh, getting baked with friends, obviously, like laughing so much that we can't breathe is always a really good time. Uh, when it's warm in the summer, I love going to the beach here in Toronto, love going to the islands. Tanning my tatas at Hanlon's Clothing Optional Beach is one of my favorite spots. And yeah, those are a few of my favorite things. Now, relationship dating wise, uh, I've been single-ish now for a little while. I'm kind of over it, to be honest. <laughs> uh, if you want to be my boyfriend, I'm currently accepting applications, so feel free to reach out. 
I have been in a variety of ethically non-monogamous relationships for about eight years now. And it's been interesting. <laughs> uh, I think overall, the, like, the reason I'm starting this podcast is because of my dating history and the stories and experiences that have happened to me since this all kind of went down. So growing up when I was my quiet, introverted, non-confident self, I decided it would be a super awesome idea to get married at 22 to my high school sweetheart. So I don't have to tell you that was a bad idea. <laughs> I just told you I was single-ish, so obviously it didn't work. That was a bad idea. Uh, I wouldn't encourage that. If you're in your 20s and you're like, you know what, maybe I should get married. Like, maybe think it over. <laughs> Uh, as someone who is divorced, who comes from parents who are divorced and have family members who are divorced, I just don't know if getting the government involved in your relationship is always the best choice. <laughs> but obviously I am coming from the perspective of being ethically non-monogamous or being polyamorous. And I just want to say up front, like, if you're in a long-term monogamous relationship, if you believe in monogamy, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. I'm not here, I'm not one of those people who preaches that non-monogamy is the only way to do things, because that's not true. Uh, a lot of people make monogamy work and it's super fucking lovely. I have so many friends that have been together for five, ten years, and have incredible relationships, and I think that's amazing. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of people believe that if you're non-monogamous or if you're polyamorous, like you don't, you don't believe in like institution of long-term committed monogamous relationships. And I just don't think they're for everyone. I think there's a reason that a lot of people get divorced. I think as a whole, monogamy can be a little bit archaic, you know? The possession of another human, I don't necessarily think is the healthiest mindset. But if you're making monogamy work, you know what? I'm happy for you. I'm a little jealous of your love, and I think that that's wonderful for you. Now for me, I am a romantic to my core. I love romance. I fall in love easily. I love hard. I connect with people quickly. And I just feel like I want to talk a little bit about why I'm non-monogamous. And I wanted to talk about this in the first episode because I think when people hear, oh, I'm poly. Oh, I'm ethically non-monogamous. It, it can shut things down pretty quickly for someone. It's easy to make assumptions. So... Some of the assumptions that I hear about people who are non-monogamous are things like we're just nymphomaniacs and all we want is like casual wild sex all the time. We aren't in touch with our emotions. We view men or sexual partners as conquests and all of these very impersonal, emotionless, robot-ish kind of connections. And that's not what it is for me. So I do connect with people and yeah, during my hard hoe phase, I had a lot of emotionless, meaningless, sometimes orgasmless sex with very attractive people and it was mostly for validation. The main reasons that I'm non-monogamous, A, is because again, as I said, I think monogamy is a little bit archaic. I don't think it works for everyone long term. I think that it's outrageous to expect one partner to be absolutely everything for you. Like, what kind of pressure does that put on a person when they need to fulfill all of your needs? 
they have to satisfy you sexually. They have to be there for you emotionally. They have to help you organize your life. They have to support your work. They have to be friends with your friends. They have to connect with your family. They have to be into some of your hobbies and interests so they can support that as well. They need to be into all of your kinks, like all of the different things that you're into. It's just this laundry list of things we expect from one person. Like, no wonder relationships end. Because this, this massive mountain of expectations that we need from this one person, it's just not realistic. It's just, it's too much to handle. And if you meet someone and you give them the space and the opportunity to just show up authentically, entirely as they are, it's pretty fucking incredible. Something really magical happens when you allow someone to be able to just show up as they are. It can allow some really incredible connections. So because dating, relationships, sex has become such a big part of my life, the fact that I am non-monogamous or polyamorous is, is also a very big part of my life and a part of my identity and a part of my character. I do, for the most part, follow like hierarchical polyamory. So that's having a primary partner that, for the most part, I share my life with. So they meet friends and family. I see them on a regular basis. They're like an, a very important part of my life. And then I'd have secondary partners Often they would have primary partners of their own and, um, yeah. And then there's tertiary partners, which is basically like this hot dude who lives in Calgary, who I'll fuck every once in a while if he's in town. <laughs> and I think I have a lot of love to give. And I think I have the capacity to allow a lot of people into my heart, which is dangerous, <laughs> PSA, but wonderful. And I have had the pleasure of having some pretty big love in my life and, I don't, I know that I'm blessed because I know a lot of people spend a very, very long time searching for love and I have been blessed with some pretty great loves in my life so far. Uh, I think maybe I'll never find it again because <laughs> things have taken a bit of a turn. <laughs> 2020 hasn't helped. I like the opportunity to enjoy different things with different people. I also like variety. Like I think... I'm into a lot of different types of people and I'm into different interests and I'm into different kinks. And so for example, like one of my kinks is I like getting slapped in the face. <laughs> okay. I know it's not for everyone. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. It gets me super wet. I'm a big fan. However, if I'm dating this very sweet, kind boy who is very romantic and we have like sensual, passionate, love-making sessions that's romantic and intimate and emotional. I don't want him to slap me in the face. <laughs> that's like, first of all, he doesn't want to slap me in the face. And if, if like, if you're the kind of person who likes getting slapped in the face during sex, you know the difference between someone who also enjoys slapping someone in the face versus someone who's slapping you in the face because you asked them to slap you in the face. <laughs> it's basically the difference between like a shocking hot jolt of energy and like a wet fish. <laughs> Nobody wants to get hit in the face with a fish. It's like slot, like, like loose hand tap kind of slap. <laughs> it's like if you ever had a guy's, like if you, if you ever asked someone to slap your ass and they're not really into ass slapping. So it's like a, <laughs> it's just like a, like a tap. <laughs> not hot guys, not hot. Anyone, not hot. So from a cake perspective, I can have someone who's really into like B 
being super dominant and getting into more of the intense BDSM stuff. And then I have someone who really likes role play and we could have some fun with that. And then I like someone who is really into like a lot of cuddling and foreplay and very like passionate lovemaking. And then I have someone who likes to fuck me in front of other people. <laughs> and if you can meet someone and say like, this is the kink I'd like to explore with you. They have that same kink they want to explore with you. Something really magical happens when someone can just be entirely themselves in bed and not need to be pushing towards being someone else or acting like someone else unless that's the game. And then I just like really, really like having sex. <laughs> and having multiple partners just really allows, like I'm a lot for one person, even if you're my friend, like I'm a lot. Okay, that, that's going to come up more than once. I'm a lot of a person. I'm a lot of a woman. And I can be a little bit insatiable, okay? And yes, I've learned how to keep myself occupied and satisfied. I've spent, I've, I've supported the sex toy industry quite efficiently in 2020, as I think many of us have. And I just think if I'm going to have a partner maybe they don't want to have sex with me 12 times a week. <laughs> and it's not like I always need to have sex 12 times a week. Like right now I'm not having sex 12 times a week. But that's my preference. And that's a lot for one person. So it's really just about, you know, like delegating the workload. <laughs> so let's talk about what the podcast is all about. Okay? So I'm going to be telling you stories. Since exploring the world of non-monogamy, I've been on a lot of dates. Okay? How many dates? I couldn't tell you. Probably at least 300 first dates. And I understand that might sound like a lot. And it has been, okay? I've been on a lot of first dates. And I love going on first dates. I love it. I honestly, like, I fucking love first dates. I love connecting with someone new. I like connecting intellectually with someone. I like hearing someone's story. I love exploring chemistry with someone new. I love kissing someone new. It's just... I love going on first dates and I don't want you to think that that's the reason I'm single is because I like can't get enough of first dates. I'm definitely looking for love and I'm looking for something real and I'm looking to connect with people on a, at least even casually on a longer term basis. But I do really love first dates and I think the stories that you'll hear in this podcast, there's two main types of stories. So there's funny stories and there's spicy stories. So funny stories are going to be outrageous dates I've been on. Uh, I've been on a lot of bad dates. I've been on a bunch of weird dates. I've been on dates with people who make no sense to me. I've been, uh, I've seen tears. I've seen blood. I've seen a lot. I've just, I've seen a lot. Okay, I've seen some shit, babes. I've seen some shit. And I will be honest, like these are true stories. Some of these aren't going to sound true. And it's on you. Uh, if I feel like if you, if you know me, you know I'm a pretty trustworthy person. I like, you know, I hung out with Jesus for like a decade, okay? I'm a good person. And so I'm not going to lie to you. And I, But I do appreciate that some of these stories aren't going to sound true. And that's completely up to you, whether you want to believe me or not. But I'm telling you, I can't write this shit. Like, some of the things that the universe puts in front of me, I just don't fucking understand what lesson I'm supposed to be learning in this situation. But I've had some funny stories happen, so we're going to talk about those. I've also had some spicy stories happen. 
And we're going to talk a little bit about that. So you will hear, I have been blessed to have had some fucking incredible sex in my life. Like, I'm talking good fucking sex. Double digit orgasms. Hot, steamy, passionate sex. And it's so good. So I realized when I started having great sex (laughs) uh, when I was 27. And not that I didn't have good sex before I was 27, but that's where like the magical sex showed up. I started telling these stories to friends, uh, like go for wine, go for drinks, and I'd share these stories. And all of my monogamous friends who'd been in long-term relationships would just be sitting there like on the edge of their seat, like salivating on every word I said, (laughs) just completely living vicariously through the stories that I was having when I'd have these wild weekends where I would fuck seven different guys. After telling these stories and I can just see them wanting more and more and more, I I started writing them. So that's how this all really started. When I realized that if I'm going to have a bunch of great sex or I'm going to have a bunch of fucking ridiculous dates, I like telling people about them. And it does help to make this whole life a little easier when we can laugh about some of the trauma, right? (laughs) And to be honest, like I haven't had a ton of really, really terrible dates. I've had funny dates. I've had ridiculous experiences, but for the most part, like it's been pretty fucking great. And there's definitely way more positive stories than negative. And I'm excited to share some of that with you too. And for all the rest of you sluts, just like me, like fucking get ready to hear about some of this dick, okay? Because <laughs> I have had some primo dick in this babe cave. And God, I'll talk details, okay? <laughs> get fucking ready. It's going to be steamy. And, and don't worry, I won't be weird about it. If it like turns you on a little, it's fine. <laughs> so... Funny stories, spicy stories, some that are a combination of the two are some of the things that you're going to hear about on this podcast. Now, we'll also talk a little bit about, a little bit more about my journey kind of into non-monogamy and how this happened and the things that I've learned about myself. So I think if you're someone who's on the fence about it or maybe has questions about it, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. And I think I look at the people in my life and the, some of my longer term friends who initially were really turned off by the idea of non-monogamy and didn't really understand it and assumed it was this impersonal, shallow situation, these stories have opened their eyes to the, like the wonder, I guess, that it could be. So I, I hope that you take some of that away from this as well. Now, is it just going to be me talking into your ears all the time? <laughs> no, uh, I'm going to have some guests on the show. So I will have some friends um, who will be there to share some of our stories together. I'll have some local comics who I'm big fans of who have also told hilarious stories that will be here to share. Uh, people that I think are cool, just like local people, mostly from Toronto, who I think tell great stories, who I think are really interesting. Uh, maybe people that I want to fuck. <laughs> if I'm inviting you onto the show and we don't know each other that well and you're attractive, like I might be inviting you on here because I would like to have sex with you. <laughs> but like you're not special. I want to have sex with everyone. <laughs> okay, not everyone, but like 80% of people. We're also going to do a couple like spinoff kind of episodes with some friends where we get super baked and do an episode or get really drunk and do an episode, which will be fun. So I'm excited about that. Um, And maybe you, maybe you'll be a guest on the show. 
If you've got cool stories, you've got something interesting to talk about as you listen through this journey and you wanna get involved, like shoot me a DM. Don't send me a picture of your dick. Definitely don't do that. But if you got a story, shoot me a message, okay? Obviously follow me on Insta, Bay Savage. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. And I have like eight people on there right now and I will be posting some more video content. And like my page on Facebook, facebook.com slash yourplacerbindto. Uh, I'm gonna be sharing a lot of cool stuff. So, so that's me, Bay fucking Savage. And we're gonna wrap up episode one. So this has been fucking great. <laughs> I've had a really good time today. I'm so appreciative that all of you decided to come and hang out. So this has been the first episode of Your Place or Mine. I'm your host, Bay Savage. And I can't fucking wait to tell you some of the shit we have coming up soon. So stay tuned to hear about the time I fucked two brothers, um, the foursome that I had in Dominican, all of the threesomes, so many threesomes, and that time that I got railed in front of like 12 people. Super fun. So stay fucking tuned. Thanks so much for listening. And I really hope the rest of your day is fucking great. Go like have a couple orgasms, get yourself laid, drink some fucking bourbon, and I'm gonna see you real soon. See you later, babes.